Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jules Gill, I sound like absolute death. You do indeed. You've been smoking the hype pipe and you are coming down hard, my friend. Now, we, we did try to record this a little bit before and I got my usual loud self involved, <laughs> in which case my throat then went, no, you can't do that. So I had to go and get some water. I'm back on the lozenges. I'm going to try and get through the recording. I'm going to stay relatively hushed. I'll take a lot of breaths in between my stuff because I'm an ill boy. What you need to do is uh, take a page out of uh, the one and only Adam Cleary's book he, mm. with his turbo lem sips, which is where you get like, uh, you put the lem sip and the lozenge and something else. I think it's like a painkiller into the same mug and you put you it all in the hot water away. and then you just, you just chuck it down, yeah? And you'll be apparently right as rain. I, I've been, I went, to, I went to Holland and Barrett. I got an assortment of uh, honey and lemon echinaceas. I did, I did, it's, it's got a weird it's, word. You can get some like cream for that, mate. I, well, apparently, but I mean, it's working wonders for the old throat as well. But um, yeah, worth pointing out that it's not the COVID. I've done a few tests. It always comes back negative. It is okay. just the old seasonal madness, which always seems to kick in when you're about to be breaking up for the holidays. Well, you um, had a recent thing where you went into the office, didn't you, to go mm. see Spider-Man, the new one with the yes. guys, and you were recording that with the team. So maybe you've just picked up the general Lurgy. You've got Lurgy 2021. Ugh. Maybe. That was that was my first masked uh, cinema screening in a while because I haven't really been seeing anything. And then we're going to see some Spider-Man. We'll get back to Spidey in a bit because some people have been asking us about that. Oh, will that. we now? Um, we will okay. indeed. Um, I should also have said, this is the entire part of the podcast, I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Do you want me to do the intro? Like, do you want me to do the intro just because of the fact you've got hey, the, I'm the, fine. The, Look, the... I sound throw. beautiful you, right now. Yeah, but listen to this. I can do it in like the smooth thing. So it's you like... Kind of it. So welcome everyone to the UBP, the UBP, the UBP the here UBP. on 105 Point Jazz. <laughs> we pull up a groove and relax with Scott Tailford and I as we walk through the witty and wonderful world of gaming banter. We take questions that are submitted by you each and every week over on Twitter, and then we basically try to answer them with an air of authority, but deep down inside, <laughs> we're just bumbling through life. I need one of those um, bits of background music that's just like doom dit. You should have like done some clicking, like the jazz clicks. As, if like, only, the if only I could have produced that on the fly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so massive apologies to everybody for listening to my broken tones this week. I didn't realize it was going to be that bad. And you, know, you never know how bad you sound when you're working from home because you don't have to talk to anybody. And then you flick the record button on and it's like, oh, you sound like actual death. Well, anyway, it's, it's, we, we've basically got the um, the <coughs> spirit of Christmas is alive within us both because yes. I'm the uh, the spirit of Christmas future because mm, I'm very 
excitable and I'm looking forward to the future that's coming right now. Um, but you are the uh, the Christmas spirit of sounding like ass. That's, that's your one <laughs> instead of the Christmas spirit of past. This, I feel like this always happens to me. Like every time when it gets around to Christmas time, can't wait until I'm off, booked all the holidays off. I'm done from for, for Christmas, for New Year. Yeah. Uh, after Monday, and then my body's just like, do you want a lovely little flu, do you? Do you want a lovely little cold, do Here's you? a gift. Here's a lovely little thing so you can just go horizontal for the next two weeks. Um, but anyway, yeah, this uh, we always get people's questions and people's thoughts, whatever they would like us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got, I've got a lovely response now. I do want to point out that we're going to be doing a Christmas special next Friday. Um, if we'll you're alive, that is. If I'm alive, I was going to say, I'll see what state I'm in. This thing might, uh, you know, finish me off between then and now. <laughs> Um, but uh, all the questions that uh, came in for this week's podcast that are more Christmas-themed, I thought we'd carry them over because we got a lovely response this week anyway. Makes sense. Um, so massive thank you to everybody, um, and we'll get through as many as we can right now. So first question from Matthias Grimm, who says, Thoughts on the Splinter Cell remake, whatever you've got. Merry Yule to you both. All the love, peace, and joy to you and yours. Cheers, stay safe. Well, thank you very much. And oh, cheers, and big bless to you, my friend. Hope you have a <laughs> lovely uh, happy holidays and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Splinter Cell, I know that I'm basically just buying time until Scott explodes into <laughs> a uh, a whirlwind of worry and fury, but I yeah. am gonna, probably going to be echoing the same thoughts that you're going to bring up, which mm. is that this currently, I believe, I can actually quote you, Scott. You Go said... The best franchise being resurrected by the worst iteration of Ubisoft. Yes. I believe that was along the same lines. It was, your, it was your, the your most requested game in Ubisoft history being made by the worst version of Ubisoft in Ubisoft history. Like, it's I just, believe that that sums it up pretty well, doesn't kinda, it? Kind of, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, they, they, the thing is, like, they officially announced it. They said they're doing a remake. It's not a continuation. So it's, it's whatever you want to then assume about how they'll do a remake. Because obviously you've got the Activision approach. You've got the sort of... Yeah reskinned approach the mass effect style stuff and tony hawk's approach whatever um and which is activision too but i think that in this case um you know they got out there they did a press release they had uh, an announcement from from the team members saying that they do have some of the original team on board and they said that they're very aware of how Splinter cell used to play um and they're remaking it because they just want to go back to that original game and they've got some of the veteran mm-hmm. team members i don't believe it for a second yeah. i don't think that modern day ubisoft would ever make a traditional Splinter cell so i just i just don't see it but i mean like maybe um it's, it's weird because you don't want to just say people are lying i'm sure they have yeah. the best intentions um but i think that because considering the state of the prince of persia remake um and just the reality of the way ubisoft do business and the amount the, the sort of mechanics they'll want in there and the yeah. fact that this is announced alongside them doing all the nft stuff so i'm just like there's like one thing that's horrible business and then one thing that's for the fans and i'm like this is still the same company though like i don't trust the splinter cell side of things whatsoever I wouldn't be surprised if this was just another um, Watchdogs or uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands style thing of a giant open world with you doing stealth missions, mm. but they're not even stealth missions. They're just kind of more action orientated ones. Well, the like, thing that they need to take influence from is Hitman. Like, I always think that the way yeah. to do a new Splinter Cell would be give us little pockets of levels that you can drop into and replay. And, you know, you can plug in live targets. You could do all that stuff. Um, and them going down the remake route makes me think they won't do any of that stuff, but they will take the original one's levels. And then I, I guess I wonder, because you can't do an open world game if you're calling it a remake, like fundamentally. But well, I just don't trust Ubi to not mess it up. I mean, the, you know. the, the thing is, is that as we've uh, come to see with the Final Fantasy VII remake, mm. you can use the title remake to change nearly everything. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean anything. It Sam just Fisher means, from it another just reality redo. comes in. It just means yeah. like literally a redo of it, just going like, mm. yeah, well, we're going to just do it completely differently now. Mm. Like, 
like I feel like they're going to do what they always do, which is trade on the nostalgia. They'll sell us all the right things by showing us trailers and uh, promotional material that will suggest a stealth heavy uh, level based and very mm-hmm. scripted, almost uh, tightly controlled experience and what we'll probably get is another ubisoft the game the game five the game gaming well that's the th- i do i do wonder um because the thing is like ubisoft, like i like i said like you know they're, they're doing this alongside the nft announcement which went down like a lead balloon that was literally oh, on fire NFTs like these make my head hurt i know <laughs> like... and we've, we've got a couple of nft questions in a oh, bit, really? but like, <laughs> oh god yeah but um in regards to this like you know there's always that thing i remember mike bithel said this on the play watch listen podcast he was like people only ever Greenlight remakes uh, or remasters if they then want to try and do something new later, but it's the safe mm-hmm. bet. It's the sort. It's the thing that lets you sort of prod the embers of a fan base and go like, oh, do you want this? Is is this going to work yeah. um, or not? And I think that's why they've gone down this route rather than just do a new Splinter Cell. Um, and maybe they're doing this because they do have a full Splinter Cell in the works, but I don't know. It's a weird B. I, I'd still love the original Splinter Cell trilogy, but if you go back to them now, they're so anti what ubisoft are um that they would have to it almost feels like it would have to come from a different studio um and it's also like i said it's alongside the nft stuff and it also reminds me of when they greenlit beyond good and evil 2 um and it was different circumstances they were under hostile takeover from vivendi um but it's that thing of like look how good we are guys we we're we're worth saving (laughs) and we've got this stuff where is it (laughs) yeah where is it and then like this is years later and whatever so i know they are different contexts but in terms of uh you know green lighting something to sort of take Mm -hmm. the the focus away from something else that's what it reminds me of um so yeah i have zero faith i have negative faith that this will be any good um i didn't even ask you what your thoughts were do you have any faith that they can make this work absolutely bupkiss my friend um i will look at it Stanley bupkiss i'm gonna i'm gonna let you uh be the judge of it and like okay. play through it you're gonna probably do the review for it because i'll be there I can't imagine moment. anyone trying to fight you it'd be like a dog <laughs> with a chew toy there and once you give me your honest verdict i will trust you implicitly and mm. i will probably just go off of it based on that like if you tell me that it's a good stealth game then i'll be uh-huh. on board to get back at hyped for for him again but unfortunately i'm just keeping my expectations ground zero low same 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 i hope that if they if they do the original game with the mark and execute mechanic from conviction and blacklist then we'll be fine if you just Mm -hmm. keep the vague level designs whatever but i just 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 zero faith i wish i had more faith i know that the days finally come with a new splinter cell and i'm just this guy i'm this doubting guy but i'm doubting thomas but it's the worst (laughs) possible time in ubisoft history so i just don't buy it um, next question from Jack Asbury. Um, I'm still massively hyped by Spider-Man. Just want to know what you guys thought um, and if you enjoyed it as much as I did. I watched your spoiler videos and non-spoiler videos, so I have a pretty good idea. Well, thank you very much for keeping up with that stuff. Jules, I don't think you've seen it yet. No, but I don't care about spoilers either. I'll not do craziness because okay. there's, there's some big things going down in that movie. The thing is, is that like I'm the same with video games. As soon as something comes out, even if I'm super, super into the uh, the mm. franchise, if a review comes out before I played it, I'm gonna watch it. Like mm. I don't care. Like if like somebody it goes like, oh, there's a, here's a massive spoiler point. I'll be like, cool. Now I've got something to look forward to because yeah, it, like it's true. I like being surprised and everything like that. But I'm still equally surprised if somebody says this just happened. I'll be like, whoa, okay. It's cool. also that thing because um, I like I don't I don't want to know until I've seen the thing. But also I do think mm-hmm. that if you do find out, it is also sometimes it does work because it's like, well, it does the plot build to this point does it feel natural does it feel like yeah. a payoff and that's why rewatching that stuff can feel even better sometimes so i watched the non-spoiler and spoiler videos of your Ooh. guys reviews and i spoke to amy as well about what she thought of it because she right. wasn't like a super spider-man fan as it were she came no, in her, like, her late. Spidey is uh, mostly tom holland yeah yeah so so i was like okay cool so i got like a nice little um different viewpoints and perspectives there and from what i've been told for me as a spider-man yes. fan 
I will be enjoying this film. I will love all of the callbacks. I will love all of the references they make to mm. the franchise and the self-awareness of it all. But I will probably leave the experience feeling like, uh, okay, cool. That was um, almost like a stopgap of it's just going, like a, hey, like remember a... this. And now yeah. we're trying to kickstart your energy hike levels. It's for the very next much a, yeah, it's very much a ride. It's very much a roller coaster mm. ride. I, I don't think the first half of the movie is even really a movie. It's just a sequence of images. But the second half is, is much better. But that's okay. You can have movies like that that are just entertaining and you don't look for the sort of like the deeper meaning and the context of it all. Because it's like, look at the um, the Fast and Furious series. Like that is out and out silly and it rewards fans for just suspending their disbelief each and every time. True, but... This is the same sort of emotion that you just mm. go in saying, hey, look, I just want a really nice ride. We've got, let's face it, we're, we're in the kind of the doldrums after the uh, Infinite, Infinity War saga mm. has like finished. So mm. we need something to really just like pop the boys, get us back into the room and then just be like, cool. Are you all ready for the next thing? It's almost like this sorbet experience mm. to cleanse your palate, to move things forward. I will a million percent say, um, yeah, because I think people should go see it. I think it's a big event movie. You should try and mm-hmm. see it with an audience. There's so many bits in it that... Uh, our audience were just freaking out at. Um, but the way that it ends only makes me excited more than ever for the future of Spider-Man movies. Um, and it's just like, but that's that's a vague statement to keep it as vague as possible. You should go see it if you are if you can. Yeah. Um, next question from Jacob Wright. No. <laughs> oh, he's coughing. It's not Jacob Wright today. He's coughing. Next question from Jacob Wright, who says, hope you're well, Legends. Well, I'm trying to be, but the throat <laughs> doesn't want to let me. Um, what's your favorite video game soundtrack? God of War 2018 and Cyberpunk, despite its faults, the score slash album is truly epic. Any recommendations? I mean, that is a really good question, because I think that we were talking about this a couple of episodes ago mm. about differences between soundtracks and sort of curated playlists of like yes. different things. So you kind of have to separate them out in order to I would say so. do it. I would say for me, like a soft spot will always be the Final Fantasy VIII uh, like soundtrack mm. because I uh, there was, I think it was like a couple of years ago, uh, Spotify updated it so they produced like a full orchestral versions with like a live or- orchestra. They also too. had uh, Nobu Yamatsu put his actual like versions on there. That as well might be the what it is. Time. That might yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I was like super hyped and I just like binged all of that and I. And it's Ballum Garden, yeah, incredible. Like listening to Final Fantasy music for some reason, especially Final Fantasy mm. VIII, because of the twinge, the sci-fi elements that they start putting into the the musical score. Mm-hmm. I really find that that just speaks to me. I just enjoy the the audio space it creates. Oh my dude, You've like, got more iconic songs in the likes of like Final Fantasy VII's One mm. Winged Angel and stuff like that. Absolutely mm. understand that. They are like iconic, but I feel like in terms of overall consistency that the music from Final Fantasy VIII just really is just a cut above the rest. My thing with, yeah, my thing is like Final Fantasy, um, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, especially like seven, eight, nine, ten, And then for mm-hmm. me, that jump until like 14 has a phenomenal soundtrack, but I feel like it hasn't, it's still not to the heights of those original ones, but 14 has a really good like sonic landscape to it. 14 has got an absolutely belter track in it where I'm pretty <laughs> sure that it's like, it might be Final Fantasy 11 or 14. I might be getting my facts confused mm. here, but there's a special event where you could go and you defeated all of these little Moogles that had uh, like different like capes and like a knight outfit and they okay. all like, represented different fantasy elements. Uh-huh. And once you've beaten all of them, they summoned the Moogle King. And what they did <laughs> was the music that uh, went with it kind of sounded like a Final Fantasy version of this is Halloween. This oh, really? Halloween. Yeah, and it, was, it is a banger man well, like, if you haven't listened to it go and listen to it it's so you funny massively agree that the uh the triple triad theme is the oh, best battle theme of all time 
I love it so much. It's It's stellar. But the thing is, that's what I was going to say about Final Fantasy VIII, is that when I was a kid, um, one of my friends was playing seven. I was around their house and I was like, oh my God, this is great. I was the bit with the mid-gods Olam. And we Mm -hmm. were like six or seven years old or something. And I begged my mum to go to HMV in the Metro Center in Gateshead. That references people who only live around here. I'm (laughs) ill. My brain is going. But went there to get Final Fantasy VII and they didn't have it in because obviously it was a big deal at the time. But they did have Final Fantasy VIII. Um, and I just thought, because I didn't know the difference, I was like, well, eight's clearly better than seven because yeah, 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 it's yeah. one Upgraded. number higher. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like the Nigel Tufnell thing. It's just one higher. So um, I got Final Fantasy eight, got home, realized it wasn't remotely the same thing. But so it was my first proper Final Fantasy. So I think nice. whatever your first one is, um, all those themes, all those bits of music, like that feel of that game proper embeds itself in. Um, and the whole thing with eight being like this university student mm-hmm. who's like learning to be a warrior, learning to be a member of Seed and everything. Um, just incredible. But yeah, overall, we talked about, you know, that's the difference between score and soundtrack. Um, soundtrack for me would be Vice City or San Andreas, probably Vice City. Yeah. And then score, um, maybe Halo 3. Um, or Halo, maybe Halo, Halo 2, actually. Um, but Halo Infinite's got a banging soundtrack. I was just going to say, I didn't know until I, until they released it that Gareth Coker is one of the composers on Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. He's the Ori and the Will of the Wisps guy. And once I realized he was, like, he's one third, I think, of the Halo Infinite stuff, just had that on repeat. He has a song called Know, know Your Legend or Know My Legend. Yeah. Yeah. That thing has not left my on repeat playlist um, for the last like month or something. Because um, I know that we were talking about it, that you wanted to kind of like the Mjolnir remix of the like yes. the sort of like the cla- the crazy like guitar uh, thing. But I'm actually glad that it's not in there because I no, feel it's like more whimsical. It, yeah. it, it's, it's very cheesy that like uh, the, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the Steve Vai one, but I do enjoy its place as being like a, it just shows how iconic the riffs are. But did you, have you seen the little Easter egg with the grunt saying that he hates the song? Oh yeah, well there's a bit yeah. where he's like humming it and then he's just yeah, like, what, what is like, even is this? He goes, nah, 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 nah. And I hate that song. There's one great, but the grunts are great in Halo Infinite. There's one bit where they're both running at you with twin plasma grenades and he's like, I didn't even mean to set these off. He's like, help, help, help. It's great. But no, the also I was going to, I did a little mini freak out on video there because the new Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is out and it's nowhere near, it's nowhere close to the same gameplay as standard Shovel Knight or the expansion. Okay. Still made by, um, well, no, it's made by Vine uh, in 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 uh, tandem with uh, Yacht Club, but the okay. soundtrack is still scored by Jake Kaufman, so it is more of Jake Kaufman's um, soundtracks, and he just does some of the best music around. Yeah, there's um, the a there's Shovel a mastery Knight. of like the eight bit sounds soundscape yes. that he does there. That and he's just like, incredible. He's bringing so much in from uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer and um, the uh, Hy- the Hyrule one that did Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah, that's um, really good. Just, it's kind of like taking old school Shovel Knight themes and just making them like thumping, like they're just sort of electronic and they're bigger. And oh my God, like Pocket Dungeon is such an addictive little game. Like it's really cool, really tight. Um, so those would be mine. Did you have a score? Um, so my score one would be the Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack. Yes. And I would say that my uh, soundtrack one, uh, like compilation of songs, mm. probably would actually go to uh, Cyberpunk. Um, the music Cyberpunk in Cyberpunk stellar. is yeah. amazing. And mm. the Run the Jewels track that they recorded for it is mm. a belter. There's moments where I just sat in my car just going like <laughs> and i was like yeah i can't this is think cool. off the top of my head what the really like dark synth song is in that game but overall like you said cyberpunk has such a like great diversity of genre as well like it's such mm-hmm. a body of work yeah. um part of me and maybe this was just uh me being ill at the time talking but i remember thinking that cyberpunk was as good as a classic gta soundtrack i was like it's up there 
Like yeah, it has... even though half of the people that were playing, I'd never heard of. If I'm no. gonna hold my hands up, like I, I like a lot of electronic music, but I didn't know a lot of that and the hip hop stuff that they put in. Same. But I was like so willing to go and explore these but artists I mean, afterwards because I was like, these are brilliant tracks. Yeah, yeah, and like in terms of like um, enhancing the city feel, like that was the thing that was one of the reasons I um, said that back in the day I said that Mafia Three was like up there with the old GTAs because I was like, this feels like a place in a yeah. way where the environment and the soundtrack are one kind of thing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, next question from Vin Van Miel, who says, Ahoy, Ledgers, what games left you underwhelmed or surprised this year? Also, what are your predictions for 2022 in gaming? Death by NFT microtransactions, I assume. Love you. Also, <laughs> uh, we got a question from Willie Orea, who says, Peter Molyneux and NFTs, that's my question. Have a Merry Christmas. <sighs> Are we even surprised that Peter Molyneux's next snake oil you seen this business thing? venture? I, I literally read the um, the article you sent over from oh. the recording here from Rock Paper Shotgun. And yep. so Peter Molyneux's next game is a blockchain business game named <laughs> Legacy, which has already sold over 40 million pounds of its virtual land in NFTs. I uh-huh. tell you what, Peter, I... I know you don't know me. I know you don't know me. And to be honest, I don't want to know you. But the thing is, is that you have haunted, you have plagued my entire childhood with your lies and your promises that just never come to fruition. I do not understand how you keep getting a silver shovel of money is delivered to your house every single day. Like, I've got nothing against him as a person. I bet you no. I could go like and sit next to him and have a pint with him and have a like, really nice chat. But yeah. I would leave there with like, like about 15 discount Rolexes that say, 
wearing relocs on it and stinking of aftershave that he's just fished out of a toilet bowl. Like, uh-huh. The man is the Dell boy of the gaming industry. Like, and it's not slander this because everything well, it's, he's it's done has actually correct. like literally been like. Well, I mean, like Goddess is still in early access. Goddess never left early access. He made all that money from the Kickstarter, and then that, ne- that game never got finished. There was the whole Mate, the also... cube one is the one that's done my head, in. and that was like connect. Yeah, that was the one that if you uh, got to the center of it, you would then you be, would the, be god the god, in and Goddess, then you would share the which never happened. And it never happened. So the guy's there. He just like goes, "Cool, you've won. You've won hundred uh, percent of nothing." Like, <laughs> yeah, and then now, so yeah, the NFT thing. Like obviously, NFT is one of the biggest buzzword things to talk about right now. And um, because because for the most part, they just appear to be a massive scam in regards to you are owning a digital thing, but no actual copyright, no actual license, no actual code, nothing other than saying that you paid to own something. So it's literally monetizing the philosophy, the feeling of ownership, and nothing else. It's almost like it's an amazing way to do money laundering. Oh. Well, as is literally the case in this case, uh, like, yeah, Peter Molyneux's latest thing, it's called like, uh, I feel it's called land or something, but either way you're buying Legacy. Legacy and you're buying land in the game. Yeah. Um, and you're, it's almost like capitalist simulator. You're sort of buying land, you're building factories, you're trying to hire yeah. workers. So, then, so, yeah. so you are paying to own a portion of a game that at some point in time will stop getting updates. It will die. It yes. will not exist. There will be a record of it somewhere, but it may not be online or be accessible to play at some point in the future. So I ask you, why are you buying it? What is the purpose? Like, I, think it's I know literally... that you say about the, the sense of ownership, the mm. sense of pride in owning something, but it's not a tangible product. It, is, no. it, doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's the same thing why I get so annoyed whenever I um, buy a digital digital game download and I questioned to myself why did I just pay a full price retail <laughs> experience for something that I don't actually own and can't mm. transfer between consoles and I can't trade in again why True. is it not 10 15 20 pounds cheaper because I'm not paying the cost of production it mm-hmm. really really grinds my grapes mate <laughs> well I mean in this case like I said I think that there's it's zeroing in on that feeling of ownership and that's the mm. thing and if you're someone who's like one of the whales in the industry you have a lot of disposable income and you just want to hoover up a bunch of stuff um, and in this case like he Molyneux has almost geniusly, evil geniusly zeroed in on that. He's like, okay, you can yeah. be a digital land magnate and just put as much money into it as you want. You convert real money for land coins or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. um, and you buy all that stuff. So you own these digital plots of land, these digital factories, digital workers, everything else. And that's like, yeah, they've already managed to ship. Um, if you equate it back to real money, it equates out at like £40 million or something. Yeah, madness. Um, but... It's all pre-release. It's all um, the game's not live yet. It's all stuff that you can just pre-bake. So there's a weird line in the RPS interview, or the RPS write-up, that says, um, you know, none of this has any actual use even in the game yet. And yeah. the people who are buying in are just hoping that this economy is going to work when it all kicks off. But that doesn't get away from the reality that NFTs, for the most part, feel like a big old scam. Like I think that there's. Like, it's interesting watching the Beeple thing because he was one of the first digital yeah. artists to sell their stuff. And for me, I'm like, okay, maybe there's a way where this enables digital artists to finally get paid properly for their work. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But all the other applications are horrendous and have oh, only yeah. it's, been shown to be horrendous so it's, far. It, it like exacerbates um, a level of greed that's always been within the video game industry. Yeah. And like, it's it's genuinely, and I don't want to sound like it's hyperbole, but it is sickening to look at some of the stuff that's <laughs> yeah. going on when it's like, oh, I'm going to sell, I'm going to just uh, knock out three or four pictures really badly drawn drawn stick men but because of the clout that i can carry with it and i'm basically 
basically just selling them for like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, and there was one like... individual land mm. plot that was like six hundred and seventy thousand pounds or something. It went for inside the game, but obviously that's that's going between the digital currency, the cryptocurrency, yeah. and the real money. But if you translated it back, it would be like real money again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember saying, I think I said to Josh at one point earlier, a few months ago or something, when or maybe it was last year, times a flat circle. But when um, microtransaction stuff started dying down a little bit, when there was a lot of backlash against it, mm-hmm. and you know, you still have them inside various games, but it's not as bad as it was in 2017. Um, I remember sort of thinking, and I'm sure I said it to either you or Josh, I wonder what the next thing is yeah, that'll come along and just break everything again and this is it this is the next big struggle this is the next thing that we're gonna have to rally against for the next few months or years yeah my biggest worry is going to be when we start potentially seeing nfts and video games themselves like it'll be they're already there what you can actually buy them in games now oh yeah the ubisoft quartz thing is already live like there's a whole bunch of stuff oh man i didn't i actually (laughs) didn't know that that's despicable that is it's going i mean the thing is like the uh stalker 2 devs had a whole thing across the last couple days where they tried to launch some nft stuff and the fan base just like unanimously said f this so they announced it they put a a press statement out saying oh sorry we'll not be doing that um but it's going to come down to each individual basis but yeah ubisoft put their trailer out everyone disliked it so they deleted the trailer but they still pushed ahead with the actual nfts themselves it's so funny, isn't it, when um, companies do that, where they just chance their arm. And if anyone calls them, <laughs> they're like, ah, yeah, you got us. Fair enough. We'll stop doing that. But so, if, well, no we, one we did, if no one did, then they would actually be like running rampant. With them. Yeah. And it's like, and that's also the thing with like, I mean, the thing is, once you start applying this to Call of Duty and the different mm-hmm. things that Activision can do, and it's like, hey, Tony Hawk, say, hey, what if you could pay to own the one Hawk board that's in this game? And it's like, how much would you pay? Let's put a bidding war and like all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's going to be the next big thing. I think that it like it does capitalize on um, you know like opportunism. It, it capitalizes on some of the worst consumer trends. Yeah, um, and it's probably only going to get worse from here. Well, you but, know, you know yeah. that like CS:GO used to like it was a massive mm. thing with the trading skins market. Like mm-hmm. the skins didn't go for like thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of bucks. Like you know that somebody out there would want to pay over the odds yes. for having a Call of Duty rifle with a custom variant like skin on it. Like you know that that's going to happen. Yeah. Like, it's. But I remember when um, I forget the exact ex- executive. I mentioned this in a couple of videos. Um, I should probably find out who it is because I keep quoting the guy, but I forget who it actually was. Um, but he was giving an example of how NFT stuff would work. And he's like, oh, in Mario Kart, imagine if you could own Mario and only you could play as Mario. And he's like, that's the kind of thing that we want to do going forward. I'm like, that's the death of everything. To yeah, that sounds that's horrible. The end of video games. That like, sounds absolutely horrible because you are like, literally just making it either a pay to play and you're only yeah. going to be rewarding the uber rich. Like, and it's like, if you were that person who owned Mario, like, okay, that would come with a very specific feeling. You would feel empowered, I guess, whatever word. Yeah. You're put on that but it would also be awful for literally everybody else yeah but then again lol capitalism so i guess it is that it's <laughs> huh. literally that model <laughs> oh, we're falling like, into the bioshock world i swear I know, man. So it's just, yeah it's a uh, it's very i'm very curious how it's going to go there's already been there are i was going to say success stories but only a successful implementation of nfts yeah. and the actual conversation around it is unanimously negative and you know some what, devs, I, I you tell you know, what, I tell you what, gone back well, on it. you and I, let's, you know, those, um, uh, those, uh, little lovely icons that we've got that we use for the, um, Untitled Banter pod, uh, podcast. Oh yes. The yes, ones yes, that we're going to be putting on the mug. Let's sell both of them as <laughs> NFTs and give the money to charity. Cause at least we'd be doing that something good nice. with that then. I don't see the thing is, I don't think the cryptocurrency is that easily transferable back to real money. I don't know if charities are even accepting crypto donations, but that would I be a good way to go. I won't to understand the, uh, the complications of, uh, moving money between realms as it were that's the, it kind of almost literally is between realms it's like into the cyberpunk dimension and then <laughs> back out again but um yeah I, that whole
whole thing is going to be a 2022 conversation. I think yeah. for now, just have a nice cup of a hot drink and wait for it all to blow over <laughs> yeah. um, until next year. Um, next question from PG Quips, who says, just recovering from the dreaded C word that should not oh, be no. named. That sucks, but very much glad you're recovering from it. Yeah, yeah, hope um, you're all right, man. 10 days isolated. I've got Halo Infinite, uh, Battlefield 2042, and Skyrim Anniversary, not even sorry, getting me through. What game can you not stop going back to? He says Medieval 2, Total War, and Skyrim for me. Also, Merry Christmas. That is a great shout. And uh, Skyrim is a perfect example of a game mm. you just can't stop coming back to because every single time they put out a new edition, it's got something new. And you think, oh, I'm just going to go back and I did more re-download it. Ride. I like, didn't buy the new stuff, but I did re-download it again just to be yeah. like, okay, I'll play it a couple hours. And like, yeah, it's still Skyrim. Can confirm 10 years later, it's still Skyrim. I but mean, um, yeah. I've been playing Fallout New Vegas uh, on Ooh. stream over on Live and Let's Dice and also just in general for like since it came out in 2010. So mm-hmm. I think that that is my game that I cannot stop going back to because even though I've I theoretically seen and done, mm. I'd say about 80% of the game because there's still so much stuff yeah. that like little bits that you, that you only see in certain scenarios. Mm-hmm. I am still going through going, wait a minute, what happens here? Because my memory of it has been lost to time. And I'm like, oh man, this is this is mad. I, mean, I feel like every time I'm playing it, I'm experiencing it for the first time, which is such a mm. lovely feeling. I need to spend a lot more time in New Vegas. That's the one I've played the least. Like I did three mm. and four and then I didn't leave the chunks in New Vegas, but not nowhere near enough. Um, mine would just be multiplayer stuff. It would just be Rocket League was on my system for six years on my PS4, yeah. then PS5, um, only replaced by um, Knockout City this year. But then oh, yeah. even that's been replaced by Halo because I also have to have like... We're doing a lot of Halo at the moment, aren't we? My dude, like, I'm like, I'm virgin about 70 hours on Halo. Like, <laughs> it's a It's a lovely time, but I can't... That's the thing. I'm like, oh, I'll play a couple games on the way to something else. And then I just don't play anything else because I can't get off Halo. So <laughs> at the minute, it's definitely Halo. Um, but over the years, it used to be Rocket League. That was the thing that I just went to every single time yeah um next and potentially final question is from red bear who says can you have a ubp game of the year segment discuss a title that we should all try at least once okay well we actually uh did our game of the year rankings mm. um for uh the regular podcast yes which went that's out. Has a... it gone out Yes, that'll be out by now. That's a blind rank of every member of the What Culture Gaming team um, submitting to me a blind rank of what they think the top 10 is. It's a weighted ranking, so number one is 10 points, number two is nine yeah. points. Um, and I totted it all up and revealed what our actual game of the year is. So that's over on the, that's also on the podcast feed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's me, Jules and Ben Roy, dissecting the insanity that that, was, that that list became. There was quite a few surprises in that list, I won't <laughs> lie, because I was like, wait, what? Okay, fair enough. But stuff between uh, me and you, because we when you told me the stuff that you've been playing this, yeah, you did have some smaller titles that I guess are worth highlighting um, yeah. for your personal recommendation. Like No More Heroes 3 is an absolute mm. world ride. Like it makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> to the point where like trying to piece the plot together is like going to require a few essays and a few Charlie Day uh, string diagrams right, from okay. Always Sunny. Like, But it's a brilliant experience. The combat's never felt tighter. It's never been weirder. There's so many more like, interesting and crazy characters. There's mm. just more you know when people always say like less is more well this yes. is the idea of more is more and you are getting <laughs> more whether you like it or not so buckle up and make sure that you bring some eye drops because your eyes will be dry from being blasted by all the colors i still like i forgot that came out this year until you like submitted me your mm-hmm. ranking and i was like oh yeah like that like because i i played the top down one which kind of put me off for a while oh, yeah that, yeah it wasn't played, good, was it yeah i finally played like one and two a bit and so i was like i'll get to three eventually but i haven't got around to it yet um, but yeah, No More Heroes 3 is like a perfect recommendation for this year. 
Um, mine would be a much smaller couple games, uh, Monomals, which I think I've mentioned on here. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Monomals is the game, which is, it's music software. It's kind of like yeah. the music games that were on PS1, um, but you're collecting notes by fishing for them and then putting different songs together, different bass notes, different guitar notes, different synth notes. Um, if you just want to sit and make badass synth noises. Um, and we'll you find, did. Which I do. Um, you can. Um, the Ghosts and Goblins uh, Resurrections mm. game was pretty fun as well. I really enjoyed that. If you're in the mood for some challenging yet really aesthetically beautiful gameplay, then mm. I would say that that's a uh, a good shout. If you've got, it's not actually even that long to be no. fair either. I probably bashed through the entire experience in about maybe five to six hours, but that's mm -hmm. a perfect uh, little uh, nugget of gold. Uh, like uh, gaming time and mm. then uh, I was able to go through it again on like the harder difficulty and nice. got, like new power-ups got new weapon styles it was, it was a really fun game speaking of um, side-scrolling stuff as well I took a, I took a mug of water there I sounded like I was expiring but I took a, <laughs> I took a mug of water and now I'm slightly better but yeah speaking of side-scrolling stuff uh, Cyber Shadow another one that's published mm -hmm. by Yacht Club uh, made by one guy um, I forget his full name, uh, someone Hunziger, but he goes by the name Mecha Skull. Um, cool. But that's a really cool side scrolly. Uh, you play as like a ninja. It's very Ninja Gaiden, um, but you get a lot of power ups and it's very cyberpunky, but you're like a cyberpunk ninja. Really, really cool game. Um, and my last one will be Sable, um, which is a really cool, yeah. just self shaded open world um, puzzle game um, where you're just out there exploring. There's no combat in it, um, but it's very tranquil, very rewarding, um, and just looks absolutely gorgeous. So they would be mine. Um, Good selection there. Yeah. Wait a minute, I'm going to end on. Because I don't, we've been doing about half an hour, haven't we? Because we restarted. and we started at like uh, half eleven ish, I think. Okay. No, no, we maybe we no, we started at like 30, 37 minutes, I think. Right. Okay. Going. Um, let's do. Ba, 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 ba. Let's just do one last gimmicky one. Sure. Okay. One final question is from Haley from the North Pole. Terry's chocolate oranges. Thoughts. Oh, oh I mean, you can't have a Christmas without. <laughs> a, I mean, the thing is, is that I'm not entirely sure as being a vegan i'm not entirely sure if i can have them now i'm pretty sure they do a dark uh, chocolate orange which i can it's like have. a bunch of different variants now yeah i think i can have one of them but i do remember very fondly like they are the maddest thing ever somebody mm. comes up to you and it's like here is like a, a cricket ball of orange uh, of orange chocolate and you can do some damage to I, it, that's, yourself that's... and anyone else and anyone who says oh yeah i used to crack it by smashing it on my forehead <laughs> like gonna cave your skull in pal like, that's that is them, not a good way to live your life that's them watching uh stone called steve austin and going like yeah all right then yeah i can do this or the, the sandman from ecw bang, yeah bang, literally bang. if you go back far enough i i don't know i don't get the terry's chocolate orange hype like I, there, there was a whole time this is very uk based but there was a whole time where dawn french the the uh, cultural icon oh, that she yeah. is was all over the news all over the adverts for it and it was like oh my god terry's chocolate orange and that was the thing and I've just never, I just don't, it doesn't get me. Like, I'm like, okay, orange chocolate, cool. There's other <laughs> orange chocolate. I just, I don't get it. So my thoughts yeah, are, it's and overrated. They, and they obviously, the or, other orange chocolates actually exist outside of Christmas time as yeah. well. So like, you can just get them anytime. It's just, yeah, it's like a weird space. I know I said we're going to keep all the Christmas things for next week, but that, that'll do as a nice segue, as a yeah, nice sort true. of leading off point um, for next week. Also, uh, yes, again, massive apologies for the state of my vocals. <laughs> Uh, throughout this recording but this has been the entitled banter podcast thank you very much for sending in all your questions and um, we'll put another tweet out in the next few days to get some more christmas based stuff i have yep. an idea for the sort of things i want to ask you guys about cool. and then we'll do a christmas special next friday for now though i've been i was good i always go into the wrong ending i always go it's into fine, mate. It's fine. i'm scott from whatculture.com it's an autopilot thing <laughs> but it's the entitled banter podcast i'm scott Taylor your jules gill we'll catch you very soon
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.